This won't end well for Illinois. Here's a three. It ended well. McCourt for the win. In the air. It is up. And it is good. Fourth and 16. Pressure comes. And Matt Orbebe with the ball in the air. Makes the catch. Welcome to Oski Talk. I'm Drew Pastoric. Get you caught up on the past week in fighting Illini athletics. But before I do that, just a quick backstory about that song. That bumper. It's from Batman Forever. The song is Hold Me, Thrill Me, Kiss Me, Kill Me from U2. Uh, So I was in Knoxville, Tennessee for a birthday trip slash Illinois versus Tennessee basketball trip. My buddy Tyler does a lot of TV stuff for the Vols. He's a radio host on the Sports Talk flagship in Knoxville. So as we're driving to the game, driving to the arena, he's got his Spotify playlist or Pandora or whatever. And that song comes on and I was like, oh, wow. I haven't heard that song in 20 years, whatever. And it made me think of the Weird Al version, which is called Cavity Search. <laughs> it's like, numb me, drill me, floss me, bill me. And so for the last, like, nine days, I've had this day of song stuck in my head. So every time I'm, like, at work, or I'm, you know, cooking dinner, doing dishes, whatever, I have this day of song just playing on a loop in my head. But not just the U2 version, the Weird Al version. They keep like co-mingling. <laughs> so I'm just like doing my daily routine and I just hear and I start singing along, but then it's like half U2, half Weird Al. So I thought if I just use that to start the show today, then I would finally get the friggin' song out of my head and I can move on to something else that's going to be an earworm for the next week and a half. So anyway... <laughs> Uh, Kind of a light week, though. Not a lot on the sports fronts. Illinois men's and women's basketball did compete over the weekend. Recap that. And some football news. Some high-profile departures for Brett Bielema's program, as well as some recruiting updates. A couple of additions in the transfer portal. And a new destination for an Illinois player who recently departed the program. So get you caught up on that. And we got to talk about the man, the myth, the legend, Tommy DeVito as well. His story captivating the nation this past week. And I think it's worth talking about. I know the New York Giants have played a game since the buzz started really ramping up and the Giants lost that game. So maybe it's it's tamped down a little bit. But 
thought it was worth showing some love to our former quarterback, Tommy Cutlets. So <laughs> I'll get into that as well. Before any of that, though, Oski Talk is sponsored by Liddyville LLC. Liddyville is a clothing and accessory retailer dedicated to inspiring customers through a unique combination of product, creativity, and cultural understanding. Pick up your officially licensed Illini merchandise today at liddyville.com. That's L-I-T-T-Y-V-I-L-L-E.com. Yeah, so let's just jump into the football news, starting with one half of the law firm. Johnny Newton, officially named a consensus All-American earlier this week, was named to the AFCA and Sporting News All-America first team. So Johnny Newton now the 22nd consensus All-American in program history. Of course, Devin Witherspoon last year named a consensus All-American as well. So back-to-back for the first time since 94-95, Dana Howard and Kevin Hardy. So Johnny Newton getting a plaque getting the statue in Grange Grove, the jersey honored, all that kind of stuff. Similar to what Spoon experienced last year. And much like Devin Witherspoon, Johnny Newton going to be a first-round pick in this spring's NFL draft. Prior to Spoon, though, Illinois had not had a consensus All-American since Whitney Merciless. That was in 2011, and then it was Jay Lehman before that back in 07 so few and far between but Brett Bielema has put his stamp on the program he and his staff have really helped develop players into sterling pro prospects Uh, Lovey Smith did a great deal of that as well Brett Bielema picking up where his predecessor left off so phenomenal season of course for Johnny Newton accolades aplenty we wish the wins and losses were more plentiful, but plentiful postseason honors for one half of the law firm, and he's going to cash in and be a first-round draft pick in the NFL very, very shortly. So you can read more about those honors for Johnny Newton at thechampagneroom.com. Another player that is NFL-bound is Isaiah Williams. Illinois' leading receiver officially declared for the NFL draft as well earlier this week. He joins the law firm, Johnny Newton and Keith Randolph. They both declared over the past couple of weeks. We were sort of on the fence about what I will would do, what that decision would be. He did have another year of eligibility and had a chance to have pretty much all the major receiving records at Illinois had he decided to return. But he is... Leaving, finished the 2023 campaign with 82 catches, 1,055 yards, and five touchdowns. The highlight probably would be that 200-yard game against Indiana. Also had 12 carries for 38 yards on the season and was one-for-one passing for 14 yards and a touchdown. 22 total TDs during his time in Champaign. 14 receiving, 5 passing, and 3 rushing. Finished his career second in receptions with 214 and fifth in receiving yards, 2,304. 
And remember, he started as a quarterback. We can't overlook that. He was a backup on that 2019 squad that went to the Red Box Bowl. We saw him get tested out at wide receiver. Lovey Smith did sort of convert him to wide out or use him as wide out in that bowl game back in 2019. I think he had three catches in that game, but was one of the quarterbacks in the 2020 season. And then the famous story of Brett Bielema chatting with Isaiah Williams in camp, convincing him to roll the dice and make that switch to wide receiver. You got to say it was a very, very prudent decision, a good one, an excellent one. But you wonder, man, what would have happened if he'd have been lined up as a wide receiver for even one more season? He'd probably be approaching number one in all of those major receiving marks at Illinois. One of the favorite players I've gotten to know and cover. I think most people that have watched Illinois over the years, specifically the student body, the fans, the media that are you know, really close and have their finger on the pulse of Illinois football would say the same thing. Just a treat, a joy to get to know him a little bit and to certainly watch him blossom from a quarterback into one of the best receivers in the Big Ten. Selfishly wish he was staying in Champaign, but understand the move to the NFL as well. I think he's got a pro future. Um, Maybe not as certain as Johnny Newton's future, but we'll know more about draft rankings and prospects as that off-season program rolls along. But all the best to Isaiah Williams, one of the best to ever don the orange and blue. So more on that story as well at thechampagneroom.com. Shifting now to the recruiting side. Mentioned this, I believe, last week, that Reggie Love had put his name into the transfer portal, was one of the top running backs for Illinois. Certainly this season had split time with Chase Brown and Josh McCray, but um, was the running back atop the depth chart until he got injured, then Caden Fagan took over for him, then Reggie Love again was the primary running back in the final two games of the year. Reggie Love announced he would be transferring, moving on, and he announced he's going to Purdue. Uh, cue the sad trombones. <laughs> He's going to be joining his former assistant coach, Ryan Walters, who's now the head coach at Purdue, uh, most notably Corey Patterson, who was the, I think the wide receivers coach at Illinois. But prior to that was the head coach at Trinity Catholic in St. Louis, Isaiah Williams, a Trinity alum, uh, James Frenchy, I think, another former Illini was a Trinity product, and then Reggie Love, as well. So he'll be reuniting with his former head coach in West Lafayette. Illinois fans will get another dose of Reggie Love, most likely. And I'll just leave it there. Um, however, Illinois did receive a couple of transfer commitments over the weekend. Let's start on the defensive line with Anthony Johnson, transfer from Youngstown State. 6'3", 295 pounds, one season left of eligibility. 25 tackles, 
Six and a half TFLs and four sacks for the Penguins this past season. That's been a priority position group for Brett Bielema and his staff on the recruiting trail. Already have picked up several commitments in the portal. So Johnson is one. Clay Patterson from Yale. Aniche Sledge from Auburn. All have committed within the past couple of weeks. We know Newton and Randolph are leaving. Denzel Daxon is out of eligibility. Bryce Barnes is out of eligibility. Sed McConnell transferred out. So really you've got T-Raw Edwards and Alex Bray as the two remaining that had really any major contributions. You could lump in, I guess, Seth Coleman and Gabe Ackes in that conversation. They were more of the hybrid linebacker slash defensive end guys. Uh, but the interior of the D-line certainly ravaged by Daxon, Newton, and Randolph leaving. McConnell was a kid you figured was going to have an increased role next year, but he has entered the portal. So, yeah, a rapid makeover on the defensive side of the ball, specifically on the line. So we welcome Anthony Johnson to Champaign. Uh, we'll see how he fits in rotation-wise. Still plenty of time to figure all that stuff out, but it's going to be a revamped defensive line. No question about that. And Illinois also getting help in the secondary. Juco defensive back Chase Canada committed to the Fighting Illini on Friday. 6'1", 185-pound prospect, most recently at Trinity Valley Community College in Texas. He's the number nine junior college DB in the 2024 class. Had a host of FBS offers, Indiana, Houston, Tulane, Troy, New Mexico State, Hawaii, just to name a few. We know the issues Illinois had in the secondary last year trying to replace all those NFL guys, Sidney Brown, Devin Witherspoon, etc. And then Taz Nicholson also entered the portal this offseason. So it's certainly an area of need, no doubt about it. And Canada told, uh, told Illini Inquirer that Illinois stood out to him because they were his first Power 5 offer. I mentioned the list of some of those schools earlier on. Uh, but they also offered his brother, Channing Canada. He's at TCU, but Illinois did offer him last season or the season before that. So they had a connection, kept working that connection. And Canada also told Illini Inquirer that the Illini have a new tradition of putting DBs in the NFL. Can't deny that. Just look at, again, the 2023 draft class. So welcome to Chase Canada as well. Again, not going to worry about depth chart and how he fits overall. And we'll, we'll have plenty of time to hash that out. But Illinois needed to address the defensive side of the ball, specifically in the portal. And they have done a great job so far of pinpointing their targets and reeling a lot of those guys in. Still some work to do, but a tremendous start to the offseason. We're like, what, three weeks into the offseason? And you've gotten three guys on the D-line. I think two in the defensive backfield, gotten a couple of JUCO guys to come in. So, yeah, it's been a very successful offseason 
thus far with lots of time left. And speaking of former Illini and former Illini transfers, gotta send some love to big time Tommy. Tommy Cutlets. Tommy DeVito. Man, that story took on a life of its own. It started really with... I mean, I guess it went back a couple of weeks, but love the DeVito story. He's taken the country by storm. A lot of ink that has been spilled <laughs> regarding Tommy DeVito, the former Illini quarterback. We're claiming him. Syracuse, you didn't want him. So you don't get to say, oh, he's ours. No, 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 no. Our orange and blue is the one that matters. He is officially a son of Illinois at this point. Um, but you've heard this story about how he's from New Jersey and the Giants play in New Jersey and he lives with his mom and dad and, you know, the stuff about the, the tailgate parties with the cutlets and just mounds and mounds of Italian food and there's like Sopranos references and all that stuff. Uh, his agent, Sean Stellato, just inducted into the Italian-American Hall of Fame, and he is the most stereotypical, the most archetypal Italian-American you could ever see. If you haven't seen him yet, just Google Tommy DeVito agent, and you'll see what I mean. <laughs> but the voyage for Tommy DeVito is great. Like we said, started at Syracuse, makes his way to Illinois through the transfer portal, leads Illinois to an eight-win season, a bowl berth, in the mix for a Big Ten West championship, 15 touchdowns, four interceptions. He's the all-time passing efficiency leader in program history. He's an undrafted free agent with the Giants, signs in their practice squad, then he's cut, then he gets signed back on their practice squad. He's the QB3. Daniel Jones, the starter, gets injured. Tyrod Taylor, a journeyman, kind of known as being a bridge quarterback. He gets injured. DeVito comes in. His first NFL start is a disaster. Giants play the Cowboys and just get absolutely rolled. I think it was like 42 to 17 or something like that. But then the Giants go on this tear. Tommy DeVito showing what made him successful at Illinois. His leadership, his decision-making, his mobility. New York football Giants win three in a row, including a Monday night football start against the Green Bay Packers. So Tommy DeVito rounding into a, a decent NFL quarterback. I don't know what his long-term future is. He's probably not a starter, but you can make a hell of a lot of money as a reliable backup quarterback. Ask guys like Chase Daniel or Trevor Simeon or uh, Case Keenum, CJ Bethard, you know, just to name a few. You can make a damn good living for a long time. Uh, Blaine Gabbert, Brian Hoyer, 
<laughs> Basically, anybody who's played for the Chicago Bears in the last 15 years has made a pretty good living as a backup quarterback and then occasionally starting. I listed like five guys that played for the Bears. Uh, Matt Barkley, another guy. <laughs> the only team Tyrod Taylor hasn't played for at this point is the Bears. Um, but again, uh, a really heartwarming story about persevering and resilience. We hear a lot of that. That word is tossed around quite a bit in the sports world. But Matt at the Champagne Room has a really great piece about the journey of Tommy DeVito. And the Champagne Room turned into the DeVito Room last week, it felt like. (laughs) There was one day we had like seven stories in a row or seven tweets in a row about Tommy DeVito. (laughs) Again, it's cooled down a little bit. It's cooled down a tad. It, it's kind of a Lynn Sanity sort of story, similar to John Paddock, right? John Paddock came in at the end of this season for Illinois, put them in contention for a bowl game, had one of the greatest singular games in the history of Illini football. Um, Tommy DeVito authored some pretty good moments in 2022 for Illinois, and this craze has just swept the nation. Brett Bielema's on SportsCenter talking about him. Tommy DeVito's dad is talking about how much Illinois helped his son and helped prepare him for this moment in the National Football League. Jimmy Fallon is doing a parody song of Sean Stellato saying, That's DeVito. I mentioned Weird Al before. Another parody reference. That was pretty funny. Jimmy Fallon doing that. A nod to That's Amore. So yeah, it's a neat story for Tommy DeVito. And it's unique as an Illinois fan because we have not seen an Illinois quarterback in the NFL in a long, long time. We've had guys get cups of coffee with like practice squads or signing after the draft. Brandon Peters, Wes Lunt, most recently. But first, Illini QB on an NFL regular season roster since Kurt Kittner back in 2005. First Illinois quarterback or former Illinois quarterback on the active 53-man roster since 2005. So... When we get a small little nugget like this, we are going to enjoy it and embrace it. And again, Tommy DeVito, forget about Syracuse. That orange and blue team tossed you aside. We brought you in. We welcomed you. Our orange and blue looks better than theirs anyway. Even though the uniforms look very similar, don't get it twisted. They're very, very, very different. Hopefully you learned some Midwestern niceties when you were in Champaign-Urbana. <laughs> but we do have plenty of Tommy DeVito stuff. Uh, if you want to get caught up or, uh, or share them or, or relive some of the stuff we're talking about, add the champagneroom.com. Good stuff. And again, wish Tommy continued success as well in the NFL. Oski Talk is sponsored by Liddyville LLC. You can purchase officially licensed Fighting Illini merchandise by going to liddyville.com. 
That's L-I-T-T-Y-V-I-L-L-E.com. Support the movement, support current Illini players, as well as University of Illinois alumni organizations and charities. Again, all the merchandise is officially licensed. Go to Liddyville.com to check it out. I always wind up talking about football way more than I mean to. <laughs> I'm like, ah, just a few little stories, and then boom, it's like a half hour into the show. Drew Pastoric with you on Oski Talk. Let's shift now. It is time to talk about hoops. Before getting into the on-court action, we have to acknowledge Brad Underwood. Yes, the head coach of Fighting Illini Men's Basketball, turned 60 earlier this week, December 14th to be exact. And sneaky old. I think we forget that Brad Underwood's only been a Division I head coach for 11 seasons. Was at Stephen F. Austin for three years, then Oklahoma State for one, and now he's already in the midst of year seven at Illinois. But did turn 60 this past week. And as Brant Dolce wrote at the Champagne Room, his tenure in Champaign-Urbana has been, quote, exhilarating, frustrating, transformative, controversial, and anything in between, end quote. That is very accurate. So I'll just go through the resume real quick as a belated birthday gift to Brad Underwood. He is 89 and 40 the past four seasons. That's including an eight and two mark this year. 56 and 25 in the Big Ten the past four seasons. Three straight NCAA tournament berths. It would have been four if not for the pandemic. He's also had two consensus All-Americans and Player of the Year finalists, Iodasumu and Kofi Coburn. Not too shabby considering how his career started at Illinois. And Brant Dolce again goes through that summarization and it's a nice reminder of just how putrid men's basketball was in the final days of the John Gross era and the early stages of Brad Underwood's time in Champaign. So definitely worth a read. Highly recommend that at the champagneroom.com. Speaking of Brad Underwood's boys, really nice win on Sunday afternoon. Illini taking care of Colgate, 74-57. Illinois got off to a roaring start in this game. A 9-0 run in the first two minutes and 14 seconds. Four Colgate turnovers. The Illini shot out to a 14-0 start. Wound up leading 44-27 at halftime. So give credit to Colgate. They hung in there. They played tough. They played level with Illinois in the second half. It was 30-30. They played the way I expected them to play. Said Illinois got off to that great start, but Colgate played tough. They played undaunted. That's a program that's played a lot of spotlight games the last several years. Three straight Patriot League championships, been in the NCAA tournament four out of the last five years. They've had a great run under 
Coach Matt Langle. Been one of the better mid-major programs in the country. And they're big. They've got a lot of size, and Illinois struggled with that at times. I think I heard Troy Meacham say their front line was 6'8", 6'10", and 6'11". So, you know, a big team, not, not an overly fast or athletic team, but certainly had some size and some skill in the front court that uh, was trying to combat the Illini's up-tempo, fast pace that they like to play with. But Illinois does get the win, 74-57. That's going to be a, a quality win come March, especially if Colgate goes on to win their league and get to the tournament. You know, this is the fourth game in that stretch of five straight NCAA tournament teams. It's technically six if you count Fairleigh Dickinson at the end of December. But uh, this is the fourth in that really tough five-game stretch we've highlighted a few times at the Champagne Room. And so far, Illinois is 3-1. and one. The only loss coming against Tennessee last week. Illinois for this game was 48% from the field in the first half. I should say 48%. 14 of 29. They were 38% from three-point range and 92% from the free throw line, 11 out of 12. Illinois cooled off a bit in the second half, at least from the field in general. Illini, 9 of 26. They had a long scoreless drought that allowed Colgate to come back and make things interesting kind of late in the game. But 4 out of 10 from 3 in the second half, and the free throw shooting has been vastly improved the past several weeks. Illinois, 9 of 10 in the second half, so... Overall, 20 for 22 for the game. You're going to win a lot of games shooting that well from the free throw line. Illinois out-rebounded the Raiders 43-25. So despite that size advantage that Colgate had, Illinois was able to dominate on the glass, as we've seen them do very often. The previous two games, they were minus 11 on the glass, but definitely won that battle on Sunday. Again, 43-25. to uh, a weird game for Terrence Shannon Jr. He was excellent in the first half. 14 points, three blocks. Did not score in the second half. Didn't even get to the free throw line in the second half. Finished with five blocks. So defensively, he was great. And, and TSJ, again, demonstrating he's one of the best two-way players in the nation. But a little odd there that he was blanked in the second half. But overall, a balanced effort by the Illini. Coleman Hawkins, 16 points and 7 rebounds. Quincy Garrier, his nice stretch continuing, 15 points and 7 boards. And Marcus Damask, a little bounce back after struggling in Knoxville last weekend. 15 points, 6 of 6 from the free throw line. Uh, he was in foul trouble for a lot of this game. Picked up his fourth foul with about 13 minutes to go. Brad Underwood brought him back in as Illinois was reeling late and he steadied things and, and got some key scores for Illinois to help them uh, finish off the win. He said Colgate had an 11-0 run to cut the lead down to 10 with about five and a half minutes to go. Illinois was stagnating a bit in the second half. Uh, that's when you saw Brad Underwood go back to Marcus Damask. I uh, was playing 
a Dane Danger a little bit more, but um, overall, a nice effort by the Fighting Illini. They improved to 8-2 and two on the season, and it's Illinois' 23rd straight non-conference win versus an unranked opponent. So Brad Underwood has done a really nice job of taking care of business in these bye games. You know, we're not having a Chicago State Northwestern situation on our hands. Uh, really only one more opportunity for that. That's the FDU game I mentioned on the 29th. But Illinois has cleaned up against all of those opponents we expected them to beat. And up next, the Missouri Tigers. Good old Miznaz in the bragging rights game. It's coming up on the 22nd. So that would be Friday evening in St. Louis. Game's going to be on FS1. It's a game Illinois ought to win. They've struggled with Mizzou in recent years. It's been kind of up and down during Brad Underwood's tenure. Had a blowout in 21. Then Mizzou cleaned Illinois' clock in 2022. So uh, it's been a nice back and forth series recently. Uh, Mizzou's played some tough competition already, as has Illinois, of course. The Illini, after Sunday's game, now 14th in Ken Palm. Points allowed per 100 possessions. Illinois 13th in the country, 93.2 points. Conversely, Mizzou is 85th in Ken Palm. And they are 113th in adjusted defense. They're allowing 101.8 points per 100 possessions. So not a terrific defensive team. Certainly not when you compare it to the caliber of team Illinois has been defensively. So very much looking forward to that. Uh, if Illinois can clean up against the Tigers, get that bragging rights trophy back in Champaign, that's going to be another highlight win of what's been a, a pretty good season to this point. Again, that'll be the fifth game of that really rugged five-game stretch. Rutgers, FAU, Tennessee, Colgate, and Mizzou. Yes, Fairleigh Dickinson was in the tourney last year as a 16 seed. We know they upset Purdue, one of the uh, most stunning college basketball upsets in history. They got into the NCAA tournament on a technicality. They got in because of that stupid transition rule. Merrimack won their league, but because they were still in the infancy of their Division I tenure, they were not able to participate in the NCAA tournament. So Fairleigh Dickinson got in. So technically, yes, FDU is a tournament team as well. So Illinois will play six consecutive NCAA tournament teams. But I don't think we're considering FDU much of a threat. Though, as we saw this weekend with Chicago State upsetting Northwestern, you can never be sure with those holiday break games. I'm sure Illinois will be prepared to play. But their focus right now is on Mizzou and getting that bragging rights trophy back where it belongs in Just a reminder, Oski Talk is brought to you by Liddyville, LLC. 
You can purchase officially licensed Fighting Illini gear at Liddyville.com. That's L-I-T-T-Y-V-I-L-L-E.com. You can also find them on Twitter at Liddyville Gear. Again, all the merchandise officially licensed. You can also support current Fighting Illini athletes as well as University of Illinois alumni organizations by placing an order at Liddyville.com. Before I wrap up the show, I did want to review Shauna Green and the Fighting Illini women's team. A tough loss on Sunday to Mizzou in the women's edition of Bragging Rights. 69-66, the final score. That was a cool event, though. The doubleheader, the men's and women's teams both playing in Champaign. Not quite back-to-back, but Illinois men had a noon tip-off. And the women followed with a 3 o'clock tip-off. So, you know, in between watching the Bears blow another fourth-quarter lead, you could watch Illinois men's and women's basketball kind of overlapping. So that was a nice event, nice little doubleheader there, and a good crowd at Assembly Hall. About 47, 4,800 stuck around for the women's game. Really nice turnout, and, and the game started well. For Illinois, they were off to a very good start, led at one point 30 to 20. Mizzou went on a little bit of a spurt at the end of the half to trail by just five, 30 to 25. But Illinois' defense had a hard time clamping down in the second half. Mizzou went on a lengthy run throughout the third quarter to grab the lead. Some poor shot selection, and again, just kind of. Uh, a poor job for Illinois of closing out and getting stops, getting rebounds, a lot of second chance opportunities for Mizzou in this game. But it was another nice effort for Kendall Bostic. 11 points in the first half on five of five shooting, finished with 18 points and nine rebounds. So she is about as steady as it gets. She is very, very consistent and has been ever since Shauna Green took over. Makaira Cook played 38 minutes, tallied nine points, four assists. Genesis Bryant almost single-handedly willed Illinois to victory in this game. She had 20 points, six of 15 from three. She had back-to-back triples in the fourth quarter to give Illinois the lead back and just couldn't hold it. But uh, one of her better games lately. She'd been kind of scuffling the last week or two. Uh, This was a game Illinois, again, was in position to win. They were, if you go and look at the box score, they shot 41.7% from the field. They were 9 of 26 from three-point range, so 34%. And, uh, you know, that's going to get you a win most nights. Uh, They were 7 of 12 from the free-throw line, so left a couple of opportunities begging there. But when you shoot 42% from the field, You're going to do pretty well most nights. You're going to give yourself a chance to win. Uh, Illinois just, again, had a hard time making stops. They had some ill-timed shots. Um, I think they forced up some threes when they didn't have to, rushed into some transition opportunities. Genesis Bryant, at least at one point, there was like a fast break, and she was 
one on four and try to do a reverse layup and it hit like underneath the rim or something. Just a couple of those moments you look back on, you're going to watch the film and be like, wow, probably could have done that differently. Um, so a, a good game overall, a good effort overall by the Illini, but they do come up short 69 66 against Mizzou. Illinois dropping their fourth game of the year. So six and four on the season. And they will square off with Arkansas in the Palm Beach Classics. They're going to head to Florida later on this week. After Arkansas, they will play UTEP, Texas, El Paso. So Arkansas is on the 20th, and then they'll follow that up the following day with the matchup with UTEP. Um, yeah, that, that's a game I think Illinois is going to want to have back. So they played pretty well against Marquette. Played well against Notre Dame for a long stretch as well. But this loss, coupled with that really bad Michigan loss last Sunday, uh, not been a great week for Shauna Green's group. Hopefully they can regroup and get a win against a, a decent Arkansas team out in West Palm Beach later this week. All right, that is it for this week's edition of Oski Talk. If you like what you hear, you can always check out previous episodes at thechampagneroom.com or download and subscribe to Oski Talk wherever you get fine podcasts. Should start ramping back up a little bit. Finals week is over, so we'll see at least a couple of those holiday games. Again, men's basketball, bragging rights on Friday. That's always a huge deal. We'll be talking a lot about that in the days ahead at the Champagne Room. And then I just mentioned the women playing in that MTE, that multi-team event down in West Palm. Got a couple of games this week as well. And then we'll be looking ahead to the end of 2023. Hard to believe that <laughs> this year has come and gone. We're almost halfway through basketball season already. Feels like football season just ended, but basketball season we are in the throes right now so we'll be diving in to lots more basketball get you caught up on the latest news and notes from the fighting illini make sure you follow us on social media search for the champagne room on facebook twitter instagram We've got tons of great illini content for you every single day and we'll chat again with you next week i'm drew pastoric ill